I love, as we've been tracking through between some of our major uh, series, uh, and really a lot this summer, we've been digging into what we call some of the big ones. But how many of you would agree all of the Word of God is a big one? That's right. There's no little ones. But the reason we're calling it the big ones is that we're really rediscovering the great stories of the Bible. Some of those that maybe uh, if you grew up in Sunday school or something like that, maybe you uh, have heard these stories. Or oftentimes, the reason we're doing this is oftentimes in messages, we refer back to some of these stories. And we've realized not everybody knows the stories. And so we are, we're kind of digging through some of those um, as we fill in throughout the year. Now, has anybody ever experienced a time when you felt like God was saying something, but God didn't make any sense? Come on, let's be honest. Oh, come on. How many of you have ever heard a message that you knew it was from God, but it didn't make sense? Oh, come on. Y'all a bunch of lying people. Right? I mean, you're like, okay, I know God says to do this, but in our culture today, that doesn't make any sense. Does that help? Right? Like, that just doesn't make sense. Why would I do that? God said do it, but why would I do that? That does not make any sense to the natural mind. It just doesn't make any sense. So today, look at your neighbor and say, we're going to talk about when God doesn't make sense. All right, when God doesn't make sense. And, and we're actually going to talk a little bit. Now, there is so much more in the story of this man than what we're going to talk about. But we're going to touch on some of the more common aspects of a man's life by the name of Gideon. Everybody say Gideon. Gideon. All right. And so we're going to dig out a little bit. So grab your Bibles. Turn to Judges chapter 6. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're like, I know it's going to be on the screen. That's okay. It's better if you'll read it, all right? Read along, you know, dig out your paper Bible. You know they still make these, right? And, uh, and so, I mean, I'll, I'll agree. I do most of my Bible reading on, on this, but, but I love just sitting down and reading straight out of there. It's good stuff. All right. So, we're going to read Judges chapter 6. Are y'all ready? Now, y'all are way too quiet. This is going to take way too long if I have to repeat myself because I don't think you heard me. So, the more you say amen, the faster we'll go. All right, all right, all right. Let's try it. All right? Judges chapter 6. It says, the Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord. And for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of the Midianites was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in the mountain cliffs, caves, and 
the stronghold. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites and the Melchites and the east and the other eastern people would invade the country. So they would plant all their crops, get them growing good, and they would get invaded. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. Are y'all getting what's happening? Israel turned their back on God, and God was like, okay, if you want to live without me, you can live without me. And the enemy comes in, takes them as slaves, basically, for seven years. Every time they would make crops, every time they would feed all the animals, animals would get big enough to be butchered. The enemy would come in, literally just destroy the fields, take every little bit of grain, every little cow, donkey, everything, and steal it all, and for seven years, they would start over again, and start over again. They came up with their livestock, and these are the enemies, and their tents, like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them all, and their camels, they invaded the land to what? Ravage it. Midian, uh, Midian was so impoverished, that is, they so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for what? For help. So, things were not going well. <laughs> Amen? Amen? They were not going well. Uh, and we see this all through the Old Testament. God's people... Worshiping God, and God prospers them, flourishes. They're protected. They have everything they need. Things are good. Then they start thinking there's somebody, and like we don't need God anymore because look how good we got it. And they start walking away from God. They start serving other gods, other idols. (laughs) And God's like, if that's what you want, that's okay. You go for it. And then things get really bad again. And they get so bad that finally they go after they've tried everything else. They go, okay, God, we're coming back to you. Please forgive us. Does that sound like anybody else? Right? I I, I mean, so often when things are rocking along and doing what we call good, We're doing good. Things are great in the nation. We are prospering. Business is good. Family is good. (laughs) We don't need God, we think. Come on. Anybody else? I I, I want you to think about this idea. Um, It's on your notes. Anything that causes us to rely on and get closer to God is a good thing. How many of you would agree with that? Come on. 
Come on, come on. I want to see your hands if you agree. I got to know who I'm talking to. Anything that causes us to rely on and get close to God is a good thing. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Then why is it that most of the time, the things that draw us closest to God, we call bad things? Because it was happening then, and it happens right now in Mena, Arkansas. The truth is, the thing that draws us closest to God is normally a health issue, right? Uh, a crisis in the nation. Planes hit the World Trade Center. Churches are full. Come on. Oh, no, this is bad. It's devastating. My marriage is falling apart. God, I'm going to seek you. My finances are in a wreck. God, I'm going to seek you. Come on, y'all. This is terrible, God. Why is this happening? Have you ever thought about those things that we call terrible, God might actually be seeing as a good thing. Now that'll mess with you. Some of those crises that God allows us to get into, <laughs> come on, because most of us, we don't need the devil to do much. <laughs> we can do it all by ourselves. Anybody besides me, right? Right? We make his job easy sometimes. But when we get to the end of ourselves and we're like, this is terrible. This is bad. It's all falling apart. <laughs> and God's like, yeah, climb up in my lap. That's where I want you. Right? That's where I want you. So many times we call maybe what God sees as a good thing. Because it draws you close to him. We see it as a bad thing. Like, why is this happening all right so all of these bad things are happening to the to God's God's people let's look at verse 12 it says when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon the angel said everybody read it with me the Lord is with you mighty warrior I love it. There's one translation that says, mighty man of valor. Mighty man of, God is with you, mighty man of valor. Now let me tell you a little bit. The part that we didn't read is Gideon is not a warrior. He's a farmer. He's a farmer. He's one of those farmers that's been planting crops and they get ripped off about the time to harvest. He's one of those that has been through a lot of junk. And he is starving. And he is actually at this moment that the angel comes and says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. <laughs> he has actually stolen some of the wheat 
that was getting ready to get ripped off, and he's sitting, hiding in a wine press on the floor behind the big rock, and he is sitting there. Now think about this. He is sitting there with his grains of wheat hitting them on the floor. Yeah, he's threshing. He's, he's knocking the grains out of... Now, now let, me, let me ask you this. Somebody may have to help me up. All right. Here he is. Hiding behind the big rock because he's scared to death. In a wine press. Got a little bit of food. And he's doing this. Raking up his little bit of grain. Threshing it. Raking up his little bit of grain. And an angel shows up and says... The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. <laughs> and Gideon's looking around like, who are you talking to? It can't be me. I'm scared to death right now. I'm hiding right now. Right now, I'm just trying to get a little food. <laughs> are y'all seeing the picture here? It's like, What? Mighty warrior. It actually would have made more sense had the angel said, The Lord is with you, wise farmer. <laughs> then Gideon would have been like, Okay, you're talking to me. You know, he's, he's talking to me. That would have been, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. You know, I was thinking about this, and, and I love it. I, do we have any people in here that are nickname people, like you give everybody a nickname? Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Roy. Anybody else? A few of you, you, you like give everybody a nickname? I, have you ever really looked at how God likes giving people, I wouldn't call them nicknames, but he likes changing their name. Right? He likes changing their name. And, and, and. This is one of those times that this scared farmer, God looks at and goes, you're a mighty warrior. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm just trying to get something to eat right now. I, I'm not. It, it's kind of interesting. It's kind of like y'all remember, if you remember the story of Abraham, he was Abram, and God changed his name to Abraham. And Abraham, literally, God changed his name to, you are the father of many nations. You're the father of nations. From you, literally, nations and kingdoms are going to come. Do you realize that for 20 plus years, all of Abraham's servants would say, Hey, Abraham. And they were literally saying, hey, father of many nations. And for 20 plus years, Abraham had to go, well, thanks for rubbing it in. Because I've got no kids. I, I don't have kids. Do you all realize that God called him the father of many nations? Most agree for at least 21 years. Before he had the promise fulfilled. See, I, I want you to think about it like, like this. Um, 
God doesn't call us what we are. He calls us what he knows we can be. He doesn't call us what we are. He calls what he sees in us. He said, mighty man of valor, mighty warrior. Now I'm just a scared farmer. Father of many nations. I can't have kids. Right? Peter the rock. (laughs) He called him the rock in the middle of the time that he was wishy-washy. One minute, Jesus, I'll die for you. The next minute, I don't know Jesus. Come on. God called them what he knew they would be if you'll just hang on. If you'll just do it my way, you're going to be the father of many nations. If you'll just do it my way, Peter, I'm going to use you as a cornerstone for the church of Jesus Christ. You are the rock. You are Gideon. If you'll just do it my way, (laughs) you're going to see you're a mighty warrior. I know right now all you see is I'm scared. All you see is they're going to kill me if they find me with this little bit of grain. You are a mighty warrior. I was thinking about this. What do you think he calls you? What's God's name for you? What does he say about you that you don't believe about yourself? Make it personal. What do you think maybe he would call you? That you're like, no, God, I can't. I, that's, that's not, I'm way, I'm on the other side of the fence, right? I am not a mighty warrior. I am not. I know for me, it was God said, you're going to preach. And I literally heard that at a church camp. That's why I love church camp. I heard God say that to me at a church camp. And everything in me was like, but God, you know I can't read. I'm 15 years old. I can't read. I was so incredibly dyslexic, I couldn't read. And I'm like, God, (laughs) you got the wrong guy here. There's no way. There's no way. It still freaks me out. You know, who is he calling you to be that you'll be like, "Eh, I don't know, I don't think, I'm qualified, I can't do it. I love Gideon is so real. He is so real. He's like, okay, okay, God, you're calling me this mighty warrior, um, but, but let me remind you of something. Let's look at it. Pardon me, my Lord. <laughs> like, God, wait a minute. Just, just wait a minute. Uh, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why are all these bad things happening to us? Anybody ever said that? God, if you're here, why are these bad things happening? Anybody? Oh, y'all are being way too churchy. You know? 
Gideon, I love his honesty. He was like, and then he goes on, he says, man, I, I've heard about all the wonders that you did for our ancestors, and, and that didn't, didn't the Lord, didn't you bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us. God, where are you? And given us into the hands of Midian, of the Midian. Think about that. God, where are you? Where are you? Why are all these bad things happening? Why? I, I would love to do a whole sermon series on why. We have so many whys. Why, God? Why? <laughs> and I love this because Gideon's asking an honest question, right? Okay, wait. Are y'all awake? All right. Gideon's asking, why, if you're with us, because God just said, mighty man of valor, the Lord is with you. Well, if you're with me, why is all this happening? And why, I've heard about how great you are, but you're not showing up right now. Why? Why? All right, and I love that God, it's such a God thing. Uh, and, and Jesus exemplifies this the same way. Oftentimes, Jesus would, would be asked a question, and he would ignore the question and go to the heart of the issue. Right? Right? And that's exactly what God does here. He, he does not even answer him as to, if you're here, God, why? Matter of fact, the very next verse, look at this. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? <laughs> God, why is this bad stuff happening? And God totally ignores him and says, um, just go in the strength that you have. You had enough strength to beat that little, you know, wheat into flour. So just take that strength. Go with what you got. Come on, y'all. Just go with what you got. Go in the strength that you have. Just take what little bit you have and go. Just go. And, and, and save Israel out of the Midian's hands, and he had to be thinking, oh my goodness, how in the world, let's go on. Pardon me, Lord. <laughs> I love you so real. Pardon me, Lord, Gideon replied, but, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Anybody ever use the excuse... But God, I, I don't know how. But, but God, I'm not trained enough. But God, I'm not smart enough. He's like, but God, pardon me, sir. Pardon me. I know you just said, go free the whole nation. Do you realize that, that I'm from like the smallest family? And I'm like the least in the family? Like I'm the least qualified 
I'm, I, I don't know, don't you know, I'm just a scared farmer hiding out right now. And, and, and God, God wouldn't leave him alone. I'm like, how many of you know all through the Old Testament you see this? God always used the least to do the greatest. So everybody say, I'm a least. Well, that was most of you, not everybody. Everybody say, I'm the least. That makes you qualified. That makes you qualified. I'm, I'm the least. I am the least. Let's go on. All right. The Lord answered. <laughs> I know you think you're the least, but here's the deal. I will be what? With you. And you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Now, here's the key. I will be with you, but you still got to do something. Are y'all hearing me? I'm with you. I'm with you sitting behind this rock. You're still a mighty warrior sitting behind the rock. You'll never know you're a mighty warrior unless you do something. Come on. Unless you trust me enough and know I am what? I am with you. I want you to write this down. I don't know who this is for. But write this down. The important thing is not who you are. I'm the least. My family's the least. We've got nothing great. There's no way we can do it. It's not about who you are, but it is, it is God with you. Is God with you? If God is with you, the scripture says, who can be against you? Try it. Who can stand? No one. No one. And, and so Gideon, um, <laughs> Gideon is like, okay, God, just to be sure it's you. Now, somebody tell me, who's he talking to? And, and who is God talking through to him? Everybody say an angel. He refers to him as God, right? He, he refers to him as God, and then he goes, oh, okay, just to be sure it's you, I've got some tests for you, God. We never do that, do we? Just, just to make sure it's you, I know I'm talking to an angel. And I know it's God, but just to be sure it's you, I, I've got some tests. <laughs> and the first test was like uh, about a sacrifice. You can read it. <laughs> and God literally, the angel touches the sacrifice with a rod, and fire comes out of a rock by the, the, the sacrifice and consumes the now. Okay, God, is it you? If it's you, I'm going to give you this sacrifice and, and you consume it. Fire, lightning, not from heaven, lightning from a rock blows it up. Okay, God, I'm not sure it's you. 
Come on, right? I'm not sure it's you. So I'm going to put out a fleece. And he does this a couple times. If it gets wet, if it doesn't get wet, if it, all, all of that, God just, I just need to know it's you. God, I just need to know it's you. Can I just tell you, when God speaks and when he confirms it with his word, you don't have to question, you just have to do it. Right? Yeah, oh, but God, do you really want, I mean, it's like, it's, it's like the equivalent of, God, if you really want me to help my neighbor, when I walk outside, let them be wearing a yellow t-shirt. <laughs> right? Right? Oh, God, if you really want me to stop and help those people with a flat tire, let it be the front passenger side right like what what <laughs> there are things that we just don't have to ask we just have to be obedient come on y'all right he's already said I'm with you but God was so patient with Gideon over and over, okay, the fleece thing, okay, the sacrifice thing, all right, here you go. God, give me a sign. Give me a sign. Well, you're talking to an angel. I'm blowing stuff up. Oh, God, I just need a sign. That's so like us. Oh, God, just show me a sign. And God is so incredibly patient. And then finally in verse 22, um, he, he goes, I, after the angel left, he was like, oh, that must have been God. After all that stuff, oh, okay, okay, that, that it says, I perceived it was an angel of God. I, I, I'm like, you perceive that all by yourself, <laughs> right? <laughs> Come on, right? I perceive that it was, uh, it, it's interesting that God calls Gideon, and literally, he was like, okay, that must be God, that must have been God. God instantly puts his faith to a test, instantly. Matter of fact, that night, God said, okay, okay, tonight, here's what you're going to do, here's what you're going to do. Um. <laughs> so many times we get in the place where we're like, okay, God, if you really want me to do that, I want you to equip me. I want you to train me. I want you to send me to college to do that. God, I, I don't know about you, but I just want, I want you to understand. God loves on-the-job training. Oh, there's nothing wrong with school and all of that. If that's the path he takes you awesome but so often he's like okay now that you agree it was me go before you lose it <laughs> come on come on go before it leaks out go ahead go ahead and tonight I want you to go and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take care of some altars that were built that were to bail and here's the thing, 
the altars I want you to go tear down? He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go get one of your dad's bulls. And I want you to tear down this altar to Baal and this astro pole, which was like a sexual symbol pole where they worship the gods of sex. He said, I want you to go tear down the, the, the altar of Baal and this astro pole. And, and I want you to take the astro pole and build, use it for firewood to make an altar to the Lord. And Gideon's like, okay. He said, and then God was like, and all of that is in front of your dad's house. <laughs> I want you to go tear down the altar at your dad's house. And I want you to sacrifice his bull on the altar that you tear down. So Gideon was scared. He was scared. And God's like, okay, if you're scared, just go do it at night. You read it. That's literally what God said. If you're scared, just go do it at night. But do it tonight. Just go. And so Gideon goes... He tears down the altar of Baal, takes down the astropole, chops it up, kills his dad's bull, puts it on the altar. The next morning, everybody comes out, and this worship shrine to this ungodly God was all destroyed. And the whole community was like, it was that Gideon punk kid of yours. We got to kill him. And I love it. Something about that woke dad up. And dad was like, no, he did the right thing. We're not going to kill my, my kid. He did the right thing. And, and it, it is so interesting that God then, just a few days later, because Gideon was like, well, I did that and I didn't die. They were wanting to kill me. But I didn't die. And then God comes to him and says, okay, now I want you to lead all the people to go take out the Midianites. I want you to lead them in battle. See, God will give us small steps to help build our faith long before he asks us to do what seems impossible. He will give us small steps. we got to be faithful in the small steps. Because the scripture says the Midianites, we read it, the Midianites, there were so many of them. It says literally like locusts, like sands on the seashore. There were so many marching soldiers. There were literally hundreds of thousands of them. And God was like, okay, mighty warrior. Okay, scared farmer, I was with you here, I'll be with you there. Amen. I'm still with you. Remember, it's about me being with you. And, and Gideon was like, I don't know about that. I, I, I don't know if I can do that. I, I'm not sure. And you'll see it in verses 25 through 27. Um, he was, he was questioning God, going, God, what, what are they going to do to me? What's going to happen? 
and, and God said, just do it, even if you have to do it afraid. Y'all know what a hero is? That's right. Somebody that does the right thing even when they're scared. I, I would even say most of the heroes of the scripture, what we know them as supermen, superwomen, they weren't supermen or superwomen. They just did what God said to do scared. They just did it scared. They weren't, matter of fact, write, write this down. God's not looking for a superhero. He's looking for obedient people. Amen. I, I think we may need to say that all together. Ready? Go. God is not looking for superheroes. Everybody, come on. He's looking for obedient people. Stepping out in scared faith. Amen? Amen. I, I'll never forget um, when we were touring with the band, uh, we had a guy that, that um, traveled with us for a while who was a, a, an expert like videos on Discovery Channel and all of that of uh, rappelling, rock climbing. Matter of fact, he and his buddies did a, a, a video for... Uh, National Geographic's where they were literally repelling, the three of them repelling down Hoover Dam playing football. Craziest thing. And that guy taught me how to repel. How to, how to, how to go face and even Aussie style where you flip up and you go off the cliff head first. You know, you hook up backwards, and you literally just go off and zip down. And I've taught lots of students in the, in the area how to rock, rock climb and rappel and all that kind of stuff. But the first time I ever did it, he went through the whole thing. This belt will hold 10,000 pounds. That carabiner, it's rated for 12,000 pounds. The rope itself, fully extended can pick up a car. It's rated at over 6,000 pounds. You are completely safe if you just do what I tell you. I will never forget the first time, of course, the first time I, I repelled, I was not Aussian, Australian style. I was regular off the cliff. It was 150 feet in Bryce Canyon, Utah. 150 feet of sheer face rock. And can I tell you, I was scared. My heart is pounding. I'm like, I know everything about this can handle 120 pounds at the time. It can handle it. But faith did not go into action until I stepped off the cliff. It was not faith in him or the equipment until it was hanging, until I stepped off. And I became, after that first time, I became addicted. And by the end of the day, I found a rock that was almost 200 feet tall, and I was running 
face first down the rock by the end of the day. I was having so much fun. <laughs> because I learned to trust the instructor and to have faith in the gear. And then it was fun. I'm just going to tell you, your walk with God will never be fun. It will be a chore. It will be scary. It's still scary at times. But once you get off the cliff and you trust him, then you go, ha, ah, this is great. This is awesome. And that's literally where Gideon was. Oh, I'm just a scared farmer. Well, go off the cliff scared. It's okay. And then God says, okay, call all the armies together. I know you're just a farmer, but call all the armies together. So he called the armies together and he numbered them and there were 32,000. 32,000 is a pretty decent army. But how many were at the enemy's camp? Hundreds of thousands. Yeah, they were everywhere destroying the crop, killing all their animals. And, and he's like, 32,000. Okay, Lord, that's not a lot next to that army, but okay. I'll do it. I'm going to do it scared, but I'll do it. And God's like, well, good, because you don't need 32,000. <laughs> I thought about this. Gideon, you have too many marching soldiers to win this fight. That's like saying, I got too much money to solve my money problems. <laughs> Come on, right? I got too much money to solve my money problems. Gideon, you got too many marching soldiers to win this fight. So why don't you, I know you're scared. You're going to do this thing scared. You already said you would. But I want you to tell all of those 32,000, whoever's scared, go home. So Gideon stood in front of them and said, the Lord is with us. But if you're scared, go home. 22,000 left. Can you imagine how sick in the gut Gideon was? <laughs> it was like, I got 32,000. And 22,000 of them turn and go, I'm scared, see ya. And now he's got how many? 10,000. And God's like, ah, oh, Gideon, you still got too many. You still got too many to win. They're like, are you kidding me? I've got 10,000 against hundreds of thousands. How is that too many? No, because I want to show you how good God is, not how good you are. So Gideon, tell them to all go get a drink at the creek. Okay, guys, go get a drink at the creek. Can you imagine how dumb Gideon thought that sounded coming out of his mouth. We're going to win this fight. Hey, you guys go get a drink. They all go get a drink. And then God says, watch them drink. And, and some of the guys are going to go down 
and they're going to suck the water out of the creek. Those guys don't need to go fight with you. I want you to keep the guys that reach down in the creek and cup the water and drink it out of their hands. Can I just tell you, sometimes God don't make sense. <laughs> right? Like, what does that have to do with anything? You know, I get it if you're scared, go home. But God, you don't make any sense. What? And, then, and then he says, okay, if you cupped the water and brought it up to your mouth, you're going to stay with me. Everybody else go home. There were not 10,000, there were 300 left. 300 guys that cupped the water and put it to their mouth. And now Gideon's going, God, I'm still that scared farmer. I know you told me to do that. But there's only 300 of us. God, it doesn't make sense. Everybody say that. God, it doesn't make sense. I don't know if you've read much of the Old Testament, but the Old Testament is absolutely packed with terrible military strategy. Did y'all know that? Over and over and over, God tells them to do stuff that just doesn't make sense. Like, God, you're not making sense now. There's, that's a bad way to win a battle. There's only 300 of us facing all of those people. I want you to write this down. It's about his power working through our faith and obedience. It's his power working through our little bit. That Remember, we read that. He said, go in the strength that you have. Go in what little bit you have, just go in that little bit of faith, go in that obedience, and just see what I can do. Are y'all still with me? All right. It makes no sense. And Gideon's still not convinced. He is so like us. But God, are you sure you want me to take 300 people to go fight tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands. Are, are you sure? And, and God says, okay, Gideon, I know you're scared. Here's what I want you to do. If you're scared, I, I want you, matter of fact, let's, let's look at it. I think I've got the right scripture. He said, if you are afraid to attack, everybody say that with me. If you are afraid to attack, if you're afraid to do it my way, let me, let me just tell you, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go down to the camp with your servant. I want you to take your buddy with you, your servant with you, and listen to what they're saying. I want you to go into the camp of the Midianites, and I want you to just go, out, go in there and listen to their conversation. And afterwards... After you hear what they're saying, then you're going to be encouraged and you're going to attack the camp. So, he and his servant went down to the outpost in the camp. Again, really bad military strategy. 
<laughs> the captain now is going to sneak into the camp and listen to their conversation. And, and I really, because I see it in my head, I really see him kind of disguising himself because he's afraid. Everybody say afraid. afraid. He's afraid. And, and so he kind of disguises himself, covers up. He sneaks into the camp, standing around the campfire, right? And he's standing around the campfire, just listening to conversation, going, if they discover me, I'm going to die. And they're listening. And, and one of the guys, one of the guys says, you know, I, I believe I have this. Oh, wait. No, I don't. So I'm going to back it up. If you can back it up. It's not letting me back it up. All right? Uh, there you go. Um, he, he says that one of the guys is telling his buddies, he said, and you can read this. He says, I had a dream last night. And in that dream, there was a big old loaf of barley bread rolled down the hill and crushed our tents. To which his buddy said, what'd you smoke last night? <laughs> right? No. What'd you eat last night? Now think about it. I had a dream last night, and there was a big old huge massive loaf. I just see one of those. Y'all remember the old Godzilla movies that were so cheesy? Y'all remember that? Y'all remember, you know, and everything? I just see this massive loaf of bread rolling down, like, we're talking like a loaf, in this guy's dream, it was a loaf of bread like as tall as this building, rolling down the hill, and it crushed all the tents. To which his buddy, he's telling his buddy, I saw this in my dream, big old loaf of bread, crushed the tent. And his buddy says this, look at this. His friend responded, this is nothing other than the sword of Gideon. Son of Joash, the Israelite. God has given Midian, the, the Midianites and the whole camp into his hand. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. How in the world does a loaf of bread coming down a hill tell you, oh, that must be Gideon, the scared farmer? Come on, y'all. I just think this is so funny. I mean, that, that has to be Gideon. That, that, that had to be. And, and God is going to use him like that loaf of bread and going to crush all of us. That loaf of bread's going to kill us. Are y'all hearing me? And Gideon's overhearing this going, okay, God, let's go be a loaf of bread. <laughs> And the scripture says that they, well, um, that they, I wish I had time to dig into it more. But God told him, here's what I want you to do. All 300 of you, get a clay pot, get a torch, put the torch in the clay pot, cover it up. Then I want every one of you, round up 300 trumpets. I want every one of you 300 to have a clay pot, a, 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 a torch, and a trumpet. 
And then I want us to all go surround the army. Go all up on the hill, all the way around, surround the army. And when I, when I break my clay pot and the, and the uh, uh, torch shines and I blow the trumpet, I want everybody to do what I did. And so, yes, and they shouted, the sword of the Lord in Gideon, you know. And he said, that's what I want you to do. So they all surround them, all up on the hill, all scattered out. There's hundreds of thousands camped. And 300 guys <laughs> broke the clay pot, held the torch up, blew the trumpet, and said, the sword of the Lord in Gideon. And hundreds of thousands in the valley were like, wait a minute, we are being attacked. We are being attacked, but it's in the middle of the night. They can't see. They don't have their torches going. They think their neighbors have allied with the, the people up on the hill with the torches. They start fighting each other. They start killing each other. They start running away. And that night, that night began what would be a Gideon chasing them and killing them and taking them out. But that night began the freedom for the Israelite people. They destroyed each other while these guys were just holding a sword, blowing a trumpet, going, well, it's the sword of the Lord and, and Gideon. It's the sword of God and a scared farmer is why we're here. Are y'all hearing me? And a nation was spared again. I want you to write this down. Worship team, you can come on. Uh, God's plans often don't make sense, but they always work. Amen? God's plans often don't make sense, but they always work. I want you to say that with me. Ready, go. God's plans often don't make sense, but they always work. This whole story makes no sense. It doesn't. It makes no sense to use a scared farmer to lead an army. It makes no sense to tell that farmer that he has too many men to win. It makes no sense to tell him 300 is enough. It makes no sense to use a dream about bread that encouraged him to go fight. Makes no sense. It makes no sense to use a lamp a trumpet, and a battle cry to win. It makes no military sense at all. But some of you need to write it down again because it's true. God's plans often don't make sense. But they're always what? They always work. How does God's plan for fixing your money problem work? You give. That makes no sense. That makes no sense. I don't have enough. 
so I'm going to give what I have? Yep, that's his plan. Come on. That's, that, that's his plan. So what's his plan for us when people hurt us? Forgive them? To love them? How many of you would agree? That makes no sense. Come on. Why, why would I forget? They hurt me. That makes no sense. What, what's God's plan for you to have an incredible life? To learn to die? Right? To learn to die to yourself? And then you're going to really live? That's what he said. How I many of you know that makes no sense? But it works. It works. God's plan for you to be the greatest in the kingdom of God is that you learn to be a servant. Come on. You want to be great in the kingdom of God? Yeah? Take out the trash. Scrub a toilet. It's the greatest. My plan, God's plan, He's saying my plan is if you want to be great, learn to serve. That's the greatest position in the kingdom of God. That doesn't make sense in our culture. Our culture says you want to be great, you grab and step on whoever you have to to get there. Come on. He said, no, you just serve those people. I'll make you great. You forgive those people. I'll restore what they hurt. You give. I'll give back to you. Good measure. Press down. Shaking together, running over. He said, I know it doesn't make sense. I know it doesn't make sense. <laughs> you want to have a great marriage, students? You want to have a great marriage? God's plan for a great marriage is for a man and a woman <laughs> to only have sex with each other after they're married for life and in our culture that don't make sense but I'm telling you from experience God's way works it works it's worth it because when I do it his way he shows up and fights the battle now has marriage always been perfect no but when there was a struggle because we I believe this because Susan and I chose to do it God's way when we were dating and we looked at each other on our wedding day as virgins that God said you know what you did it my way let me fight this for you let me fight this for you let me do it for you and, and I want to say this if you've blown it uh, I love it that he's a God that makes old things new 
He can redeem those things. But I want to challenge you. It doesn't make sense to raise kids God's way. But it works. It works. My way screws it up. His way works. It does. It works. And why does it work? Because Isaiah says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. See, he sees the big picture when we don't. So, Lord, teach us as you taught Gideon to do it your way, even if we have to do it scared. That you've promised you would be with us when we do it your way. I wonder, got one question that you would ask yourself, what area of my life does doing it God's way not make sense right now? The world's saying I need to take care of it like this. My friends are saying I need to do this. God's way of forgiving and loving and waiting, giving, it doesn't make sense. Be honest, what area? Think about it. I wonder if there's anybody in the room that you would just say, God, it may not make sense, but I'm going to trust you. I, I want to do it your way. If that's you, I want you to look at me. I want our eyes to meet. Maybe it's a financial thing or whatever, a relationship thing. or I, I don't know, whatever it is. Question about what's next. Come on, just look at me. If you're like, you know what? It may not make sense, but I'm going to trust you, God. Wow. All over the room. So, Lord, you see our hearts. You know where we are. Meet us there. Do the work that only you can do. And as we're faithful, you promise you'll be with us. And that's amazing. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.